Welcome in episode 115 of What's Right with Nick Wright. The NFL playoffs are set. We have so much to get into. In fact, and well, I'll get to the gambling stuff in about 45 seconds. Let's just jump right into the show. It's me, Nick Wright. My son, Demonze, is here. Here's what's not on the show. Mike Tomlin has another winning season. The Bucs play starters and lose to the Falcons. And Sean McVay could leave Los Angeles. Those things are not on the show. We will get to the Green Bay Packers and what will end up being about five minutes of I told you so in just a moment. But first, for folks that don't listen to the gambling show, we were having a rough season. And we were six games under 500. We do five picks a week typically. We were six games under 500 going into week 18. And I made what some considered an irrational decision, which was we're going to bet the board. We left out the Bills and Bengals game because when we were doing the show, we still didn't know uh, DeMar's health, and there were a lot of things we didn't know about what they were going to do. So we said we're going to, and by the way, and we'll get to the Bills and DeMar in a moment, well, it's an all-time great sports moment we had. But so we said we're going to bet 14 games this week. At six under five hundred. I needed to go 10 and four to keep my streak alive of being at 500 or above uh, every year I've been on national television. My picks on TV this year finished because I only do three a week and we missed a few weeks because of World Cup 26 and 18. So on TV, I did great, but I was under 500 uh, with the picks here. I needed to go 10 and four to have a 500 season. That would have been 49, 49 and two. Oddly, exactly 100 games. Yeah. I needed to go 11 and 3 to Monze to finish above 500. 11 and 3. It's like 78% against the spread. To Monze, what did I go? You went 11 and 3. 11 and 3. 11 and 3 on the gambling show, documented. Finished a game above uh, 500. Well, two games, two technically. Games 50, 48, and 2. The only losses were the Jags, which I just couldn't get a bet right on the Jags all year, even though my season-long bet was correct on the Jags. The Cowboys, which was way off, and the Colts, which I'll be honest, kind of screwed me a little bit. (laughs) They have fourth and 20 up seven. I'm laying two and a half or three, whatever it was. But you know what? I can't complain. 11 and three, which is the exact number I had to hit in order to finish above 500. And we did it. We did it. And uh, maybe the play next year for the gambling show is just pick all the games every week. (laughs) Maybe my problem isn't with my picks. Maybe my problem had been with favoring certain picks over others. Maybe all the picks are just great. That's what. So I'm not sure. But here's what I do know. Above 500 going into the playoffs. Oh, you know what, Demonze? Let's play. Have you looked at the lines? For this is a total ripoff of Bill Simmons' cousin Sal, by the way. But it's have you do you know the week the wild card weekend playoff lines? Okay, perfect. So this will be a fun way to do it, and then we'll get into the show. So let's go through the games in order. I have looked at the lines, and we'll and I want to see how you do. Not really how you do, but it'll give you an idea of what side you might want to be on. Okay, because right. Demonte came to a realization this weekend, which was post football he's moving to California, and California still stuck in the Stone Age when it comes to gambling, and so there's no legalized gambling out there. So DeMonze said to me kind of sadly yesterday, sitting on the couch, 
he was like, you know, this is my last Sunday betting football. And I kind of looked at him quizzically and I was like, you're not going to gamble in the playoffs. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, the playoffs. That's probably a fun time to gamble. I'm like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> but then this but this is last regular season Sunday. All right, <laughs> let's go through the games. First game, Seahawks at 49ers. What do you think the line is? 49ers minus eight and a half. Not bad. Ten. Ten. 49ers minus ten. Huh? Chargers at Jags and the Prince. Chargers at Jags. Chargers minus three. Chargers. It was two and a half. Chargers minus two and a half. It is down to Chargers minus one because so much steam is on the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Yeah. Dolphins at Bills. Shoot. Dolphins at Bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bills minus 14. It's Bills minus 11, okay. which I think is actually splitting the difference between if Skylar Thompson's the quarterback, it's going to be Bills minus 14 plus. I think there's a small chance Tua plays. And if not, if Teddy plays, I think if Teddy plays, it'll stay at 11. If Skylar plays, it'll go to 14. And if Tua plays, it'll go to seven and a half or eight. Giants at Vikings. Giants at Vikings. Uh, Vikings minus one. Minus three. Minus three. Vikings minus three. Ravens at Bengals. Ravens at Bengals. Bengals minus five and a half. Minus six. You nailed that one. And last one, Cowboys at Bucks. Cowboys at Bucks. Uh, Cowboys minus. Whoa. Cowboys at. I don't know. That one's kind of. What were you going to say? Cowboys minus what? Cowboys minus four. It's Cowboys minus three. Okay. You know what? You've done grown up on the football gambling. (laughs) You weren't more than a point and a half off on any of it. That's really well done. All right. Let's get a game that was not listed is the Green Bay Packers at anybody because they choked again. Let's get right into the show. Go right ahead, Demonze. Congrats, Cheeseheads. You went on a pointless run that ruined a spot, ruined your chance at a top pick. Yep. The Packers fumbled the chance to see what they had in Jordan Love, and now they go into the offseason with a non-committal Aaron Rodgers and zero clue of Love's ability. Yeah. Will the decision not to shut it down weeks ago come back to bite them? Uh, I mean, I think it already has. Okay. I think that, so you, after the game, Jer- you know, uh, you've got Jameson Williams ask, Jordan, ask Aaron Rodgers for his jersey. He's like, I'm going to keep this one. He goes ar- a weird dude. He goes arm in arm with Randall Cobb. And they were really playing up. This could be Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. If it, if Aaron Rodgers might retire, which I don't think he's going to, or if might want to be traded, or you might want to trade him, you know what you'd like? To have been able to watch Jordan Love play this last month. Yep. And everybody killed me for that take. But And even yesterday, after they lost, folks were like, Nick, you were obviously wrong. They had a shot. They had a shot at sneaking into the playoffs. Their shot at winning a Super Bowl died six weeks ago. And if you're still in the Super Bowl championship business, which you should be if you're the Green Bay Packers, and if you should be if you have Aaron Rodgers, then once this year's done from a Super Bowl perspective, because even if they snuck in, they weren't going to go to San Francisco, and then go to Philadelphia, and then go, it wasn't going to happen. Then you must do everything you can to put yourself in the best position for the next Super Bowl. Yeah. And now, what the hell do you do? I guess you pick up Jordan Love's option. What if Jordan Love says, hey, guys, when you drafted me, I expected I might sit one year. I was open to the possibility of sitting two years. I swallowed that I was going to have to sit three years. I'm not sitting four years. 
You guys spent a first round pick on me. Other teams would have drafted me. You're going to make me sit. And when after Aaron, you drafted Aaron around the same spot in the draft, you drafted me. He sat three years and then you got rid of Favre. So there's that. So that's big picture. And we'll have plenty of the offseason to talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and all of that. I mean, it'll just be a version of I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Should have played love. And again, just to be very clear, if you play love and he's terrible, then you don't pick up the fifth year option and you know you got to keep Rodgers. If you play love and he's okay, then you pick up the fifth year option, you keep Rodgers. If you play love and he's unbelievable, then you make the decision. Do we want to trade Aaron Rodgers and turn the page Jordan Love? Or do we want to trade Jordan Love for help get, for Aaron Rodgers right now? Can you even get for Aaron Rodgers these days? Well, it's I, you know, not as much because of the contract. You'd be able to get something though. Like you like, for example, a team like the Jets. That let's say they don't get Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr, or they don't want those guys. And they're like, you know what? We're good enough to win right now. The Titans with Mike Vrabel. Like those are teams that are like, let's with teams that think we can win right now if we have the right quarterback. The question is, is Rodgers the right quarterback? After one, so this is how Aaron Rodgers last three seasons have ended. Two years ago. He's the league MVP. They're the one seed. They have a home playoff game. They're favored against Tom Brady. They blow it. Last year, he's the league MVP. They're the one seed. And that was in the conference championship game. They have a home playoff game in round two after the bye against the Niners. The Niners score zero offensive touchdowns and beat Green Bay because Rodgers was terrible. This year, They have a de facto home playoff game against a team that's been eliminated, the Detroit Lions. And Rodgers throws for 200 yards, has a back-breaking pick at the end, and they blow it. There's no getting around this. He was outplayed by Jared Goff. Demonze, what's been the one consistent point for the Lions, their consistent weakness all year, start of the year to theoretically the end of the year? Their defense. The dead last defense in the league. And you score 16 points. Can't capitalize in the red zone, threw two picks to the same guy, had one of them called back due to a very questionable hands to the face, and then you threw a pick to him anyway. It's a disastrous end. A disastrous end. And it follows a line of these Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs or in de facto playoff games In a big spot, it's not a good look. Some of the, in the mid-2010s, the Aaron Rodgers playoff stuff, a lot of it was the defense was awful, okay? But the year they won the Super Bowl, they're in the NFC Championship game against Caleb Haney, a backup for the Bears. He has zero touchdowns, two picks, and a 55 rating, but they win. The next year, they're 15-1. and Defending, and by the way, he was awesome in the other three playoff games, including the Super Bowl. I give him full credit. In the other three playoff games, he had nine touchdowns, zero picks. A 125 rating was unbelievable. The next year, he's the runaway league MVP. They're 15-1. and They lose a home playoff game to the Giants. He throws for 260 yards, has a pick, has a 78 rating. The next year, not his fault, the defense can't stop San Francisco. 
The next year, again, they play San Francisco, but they're at home, by the way, they lose the game. The next year, they are in Seattle with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, NFC Championship game. One touchdown, two picks, a 55 rating. They blow a big lead late. Seattle gets an onside kick. This is an unbelievable playoff game. The next year, you lose to the Cardinals in the playoffs. That one, I'm not going to put on Aaron. He, he, he didn't play well in that game, but he did have two Hail Marys in the same game, but they lose, I think, in overtime. The next year, you can't stop Atlanta. I'm not putting it on him. Atlanta scores 44. Then you miss the playoffs for two years. Then you have the game against San Francisco two years or uh, three years ago. You only scored 20 points. Then you have the game against Tampa at home as a favorite. You lose. Then the game last year against San Francisco where they score 13 points. You're at home. You're off a bye and you lose. And now this Lions game. It's just not a good history for a guy as talented as he is. Two small coaching points in this game that I want to point out because I'm a coaching nerd. When the Lions looked like they were trying to run out the clock, they had a run on first and 10 to get nine yards. The pa- It was like three minutes left. Packers had their timeouts. The Packers then smartly jumped off sides. So if you play Madden, you get this. The assumption is we're not going to stop them from picking up the one yard. So let's just give them the first down. That way we don't have to blow a, burn a timeout right. after they pick up the first down. It, teams have been starting to do that the last few seasons. Dan Campbell and Detroit were one of the first teams I've seen recognize that's what they were doing and decline the penalty. Super sharp by the Lions. Super sharp. The refs were surprised. Tariko and Collinsworth seemingly had never heard of this strategy. It was super sharp by the Lions. I give them credit. A couple plays later, there is a critical moment, and I can't believe Tariko and Collinsworth screwed it up. It's second and seven. The Packers are down to one timeout. In fact, no, they're down to no timeouts. There's 217 left. The Lions run a play. They get uh, two yards. There is a holding penalty called on Detroit. This is a critical moment because you have no timeouts left. Because of the penalty, the clock is going to stop. If you decline the penalty, it's now third and five with 2.15 left. You get a stop there. You're going to get the ball back down either four or seven with the full two minutes. They idiotically accepted the penalty. So now, yes, instead of third and five, it's second and 17. But the Lions can run two plays, and then you get the ball back with a minute 15 left. Yeah. And now the Lions ended up running two plays, getting it to fourth and one, and with a minute 15 left, went for it and got it. But that's a must-decline penalty spot. And Drigo and Collinsworth on the broadcast were like, oh, terrible penalty, and it stops the clock for Green Bay. But stopping the clock there isn't helpful if you accept it because you just get the down over again. You understand what I mean? Like, so it's the yeah. it, it's the the key thing is there that you can decline the penalty and get an extra timeout. So at the end of that game, Dan Campbell and his coaching staff 
super sharp on something that could have saved the Packers 40 seconds and the Packers really weak on something that could have gotten them a free 40 seconds. Bad job there. Yeah. Bad, bad job there. All right, next. So uh, it looks like the Seahawks won the first trade ever. We also got a poll. Oh. Um, but that was like a little question. Oh, is Rodgers done in Green Bay? 71% say yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I that's like enough, to me, I'm more interested in that topic another day if he's going to get traded. All right, go ahead. All right, the NFC East was up for grabs on Sunday. Doesn't seem like Dallas got the memo. Jerry Jones called their loss to the Commanders a nightmare. And the limited Jalen Hurts only scored one touchdown versus the Giants' third stringers. Dak and Hurts both look like different people, and I dare say these teams look like frauds. With the three NFC East will teams, the three. will the three NFC East teams even win a single playoff game? All right, I love that angle on a gambling opportunity. A money line parlay for each fading. team playing against the yeah, the, so, those three NFC. Yeah, so the way you would do that because we don't know who the Eagles are playing yet is you would do a money line parlay on the Vikings and Bucks. Okay. And whatever you win, you would set aside and then put that exact amount on whoever the Eagles are playing in round in round two, which would probably be Tampa. Um yeah. I the all right. So the Giants actually of the three NFC East teams, the Giants can comported themselves the best this weekend. They were playing all their backups in a game they didn't need at all. Philly had to have it, and it's a six-point game, and they're onside kicking at the end. It's a hell of a job by the Giants. Great job by us. One of our 11 correct picks was plus 14. Giants plus 14, way too many points. It was plus 16 and a half by kickoff once Jalen was playing. If you're Philly, you got to be concerned. You're playing your worst football at the end of the year. Hurts does not look right, and maybe he'll get right in the next two weeks, but who knows? And whomever you play in round one, or in round two, pardon me, by definition, will be coming off their best moment of their season. You're not going to be playing Seattle because the Niners are going to annihilate Seattle. So in round one, you will either be playing the Giants, a divisional rival who knows you and just played you tough with their backups. Daniel Jones is rubbing his hands right now. Oh, okay, like, you, like that meme, the, the Birdman <laughs> meme. Uh, the Cowboys, who you've beaten once, they've beaten you once. Or Tom Brady and the Bucks, who knocked you out of the playoffs last year. If you're Philly, I know Eagles fans hate me, and they don't like to hear me saying it, but you've been staring one and done in the face for weeks. And now it feels like it's coming closer. Then there's the Cowboys, Demonte. That was a mortifying performance. Yeah. And you can't Pretty even bad. give them the excuse of, well... Once they saw Philly was all you know running away with the Giants game, they stopped. No, because the, the Giants were in a better position to beat Philadelphia and open up the NFC East for the Dallas right. than Dallas was to beat Washington, who kicked their ass for 60 minutes. Worst Dak Prescott game maybe ever. Another pick six by him. Sam bleeping Howell cut up the Cowboys' pass defense. It was pathetic. Again, you played all your starters. You treated it like it was important because it was. It is the worst possible way to go into the playoffs. And it shows such a, to me, 
emotional immaturity by that football team to not be able to like because I the way they played to me it was like all right yeah we know if we win and if the Giants I'm sorry and if we win and if the Eagles lose yeah we win the division but the Eagles aren't going to lose and so whatever you've you've got to be able to lock in and Dak's interception problem is bananas yeah the guy tied for the league league in interceptions. He missed a third of the season. <laughs> so, like, everybody is making the point. I shouldn't say, I, I, I understand the point of usually the league leader in interceptions are the best quarterbacks. And so right now this year, the guys with the most picks, Dak Prescott, Davis Mills, not one of the best quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, fine. Derek Carr, not one of the best quarterbacks. But then Josh Allen. Matt Ryan, God, Matt Ryan, come on, man. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Those are the guys on your list, right? But those guys played 15, 16, 17 games. Dak played 12 games. Yeah, that's And it. had, was it 15 picks? Dallas has to be terrified. Here is the silver lining for Dallas. Everybody knows Jerry Jones has loved Sean Payton for a long time. Given how they played that game, if the Bucs beat them, I think they might fire McCarthy and give Sean Payton $20 million. And I think if you're Sean Payton, you kind of have a quarterback if you go there. You're, you're in the NFC. You know, Sean Payton's meeting with Denver today. We'll talk more about that Broncos-Chargers game. Another one I nailed in the picks, even though the Chargers played their starters, which the reason I picked Denver was because I thought they wouldn't. But the Chargers and the Cowboys had the two most emotionally devastating losses this weekend. And Dallas is in real trouble going into this playoff game, which against Tampa, a Tampa team that somehow has more momentum than them. All right, next. All right, so the biggest story this week is definitely with DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, He's doing very well. seems to be recovering. And the Bills added to that with the win. Uh, they even knocked out the Patriots in the process. I don't really think anybody feels comfortable playing Buffalo right now, especially okay. you. Um, are the Bills starting to look like a team of destiny? All right, so listen, the DeMar, the, that kickoff return touchdown is one of the greatest, most unbelievable sports moments I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's like straight out of a movie. Well, so, you know, Ernie Johnson, he goes inside the NBA with Kenny and Chuck right. and yeah. Shaq. Ernie's a religious guy. Uh-oh. And Ernie, no, Ernie tweeted. I thought I'd never heard it put like this. And I'm obviously not a religious guy, but I thought it was a cool concept. Ernie tweeted a God wink in Buffalo. And I think what that means is he believes occasionally certain things happen and it's God like, you know, winking at yeah. you saying I'm here. I've never heard it put like that. I thought I like that was that. pretty that's cool. Pretty, yeah, yeah pretty I, and and I don't know if Ernie came up with that or if that's just something it's also people a have nice said. way to not shove religion down. Exactly throat, right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. It, it, I, that's why I thought it was so cool. Right. Was it was like a, but whatever it was, it was a magical moment. Yeah. With that said, and the Bills might be a team of destiny, and Demar is going to get out of the hospital, and they might bring him. A, who knows, could he be on the sidelines for some of these games? Maybe. Right. Uh. With that said, the Bills didn't play great. Josh Allen had two un 
unbelievable throws. Yep. Those two touchdowns were on the money. On the money rocket ships. They're unbelievable throws. But if I'm the Bills, I'm more than a little concerned about my pass defense that let Mac Jones for a large part of that game deal. I'm concerned that after the opening kick return, we then found ourselves down 17-14 to the Patriots, even though the Patriots couldn't get a call to save their lives. And then you had another kick return touchdown. You know what I mean? To put yourself in position. Patriots still even in the game after that. Right. And the Patriots were in the game exactly right after that. So there are some points of concern. Now, if you are Buffalo, where you are very happy is that you got as close as you could get to a bye in round one unless Tua comes back. So the Dolphins without Tua have been a total disaster. Like the, the Bengals, if Lamar plays, have a real game on their hands. Right. The Ravens, with that defense, if Lamar plays, that's a real game. The Jags charges coin flip game, you know, and so the, and by the way, I think that the Patriots showed you that maybe they could fight with Buffalo if they would have snuck in the Steelers just because of Tomlin and the, you know what I mean? The defense, yeah. they, now they beat the Steelers like 38, three earlier this year. So maybe not, but the, the Dolphins without Tua should be a very soft spot. Yeah. I I would be nerve from a just football perspective. I would be nervous if I'm Buffalo about playing Cincinnati in round two, even though the game would be in Buffalo. From a non-football perspective, that would be one of the spookiest games ever played, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? The same two teams, chance to go to the AFC title game a month after. Now, maybe a little less spooky because... Looks like everything's going to be fine with DeMar, right. um, but still odd. Now, that would be an unbelievable sports moment as well if that's when DeMar makes his return to the team. Not to play, but his return to the team. Right. And I think he and that there's a lot that could happen. There's there. going to be a lot of riding on that game in Buffalo. Yeah, of course. And then, and so... Team of Destiny is on the board for the Bills. It's also on the board, and I don't, I feel uncomfortable saying this. Then maybe you shouldn't say it, Nick. Look, no, so I'll just be from a football perspective purely. DeMar was their backup safety because their all-pro safety went out with an injury early in the year, right. and he was playing great. With DeMar now out, they're now on their third-string safety. And if you're playing the Bengals in that passing attack, that's, you know what I mean, that's concerning in and of itself. So there's a lot of things. If I think everyone, if there's a part of them that are rooting for the Bills right now. But And I'm not going to, whether they had dominated that football game it lost that football game against the Patriots or it had been the way it was kind of a mixed bag, some good, some bad. I I think there is a lot of unknown to how all of this is going to impact and affect them. All right, next. Yeah, uh, so your Kansas City, San Francisco Super Bowl prediction is very much. How's that so looking? Alive. How's that looking, America? It's looking pretty Let, good. Let's just see right now what my old 50 to one ticket 
right now what it would be. You can keep talking. I'm just going to look up what a Kansas City, San Francisco. Well, let's see. Hold on. NFL, Super Bowl, the, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Conferences is what I want. Oh, the Chiefs are the favorites in the AFC. The Niners are almost the favorites in the NFC. So I got Kansas City, San Francisco at 50 to 1. Yep. If you want to make it right now, it's 7 to 1. Wow. So that means that my value, that means my $1000 ticket right now is worth uh, cuz if my ticket if oh, it wins 70 bucks or something or No, no, no. 7 no, no, so no, no. So my right if you wanted to make 50 grand, which is what mine would make on you would have to my $1000 tickets worth $7000. Okay. If I put it up on prop swap or whatever, I'd be able to get about seven grand for it. Now, am I selling it? Of course not. But it's it's looking good. But go ahead. In the AFC, the Chiefs are once again the one seed for the third time in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to brag about that. Mm-hmm. Though the Arrowhead Invitational may need to go on the road this year. Kansas yeah. City is literally playing their opponents right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Francisco is riding a league-leading 10-game win- winning streak into the playoffs. After watching the entire season, has anything changed your mind? No, nothing at all. And spoken like a true stubborn. And can we show you guys what the, I mean, the Chiefs, Demaze, did you see, you were what, the ring around the rosy play? Were we watching together? I can't remember Saturday if we were watching together or not. I mean, they're, I mean, they're toying with people. And the, the, I want to see the update on Frank Clark's health. And, but the Chiefs are in as good a position as you could possibly be in. Emma Holmes, but you know what's not in today's show? Who's the NFL MVP? You know why? Because there's no debate. Mahomes should get every single first place vote. He should. And that debate's over. And are the Chiefs going to miss Tyreek Hill? That debate's over. And the Chiefs' young defense is surging at the end of the year. And they put it on the Raiders. The Niners, on the other hand, are I a machine. The Raiders. Okay. I well, you play who's on your schedule. Um, <laughs> the Niners, on the other hand, are a machine. They haven't lost since they played Kansas City when Kansas City kicked the crap out of them. And on the broadcast yesterday, they said they're undefeated with Christian McCaffrey. I watched Christian McCaffrey play the Chiefs and lose. I mean, he so did th- score the first touch. Yeah, exactly. That's how I know they're not undefeated with him. Because but Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm ready to say it. Brock Purdy's awesome. He's got a nice story, too. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And so the Niners are terrifying. All right, next. All right, since you didn't get to use your bonus time last week, we'll give you a shot to talk about your favorite topic on this Mm -hmm. slot. And that, of course, is the prince that was promised. Won the AFC South. Great prediction by you. Another winning bet. Yes, Tannehill got injured, and the Titans lost seven straight. Two of them to the Jags. Two of them to the Jags. But still, regardless, good call. You were definitely a little nervous Saturday night. Uh, Now it gets a little bit tougher, extremely tougher. It's not the Titans. Uh, He faces another untested playoff quarterback in Justin Herbert. Regular season is over. Who cares about the AFC South? Who do you trust to actually win this game? Is that a real question? I mean, we're late, so I'll go fast. I'm the Jags. The Jags are not. I said this. Before, I will say it again. I said this two weeks ago. The Jags are not losing again until they come to Arrowhead in the divisional round and lose to the Chiefs. And in fact, for folks watching the pod, little spoiler, don't tweet about this. This will be our little secret. Um, Those trumpeteers, 
from First Things First, they're back today. <laughs> Bringing them back to celebrate the, the royal pronouncement of another championship for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this all this guy does is play football and win titles. And stress you out and lose you money. 20, oh, okay. <laughs> 2014 Trevor Lawrence. Georgia's 6A regional champ. 2015, Trevor Lawrence, Georgia's 6A regional champ. 2017, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, no. I, I skipped 2013. Uh, 2013, regional champ. 2016, uh, 2015 and 16, or 16 and 17, regional and state. 2018, goes to Clemson, ACC and national championship. Uh, 2019 and 2020, back-to-back ACC championships. 2021, didn't happen. 2022, AFC South Championship. Guy just wins jewelry. That's all he does. Wins jewelry and has luxurious hair. And he's about to kick the crap out of the Chargers. We will. What's the question? AFC South Championship. Yeah. Uh, they hang banners for that, buddy. Uh, I don't know which one of our smart-ass producers put question marks on that. Uh, probably whichever one's a Washington fan because they got no championship banners to hang of any sort in the last 30 years. But yeah, we hang banners. That's what Trevor Lawrence does. We will talk about the Chargers. We will talk about the Dolphins. We will do, oh, and the craziest battle for the number one pick you've ever seen. All that's next. Quick break, 90-second break. Be right back. What's right? Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to better eating. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's that simple. Over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add-ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long. Pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off. Fuel up. Eat better and achieve greatness. Get started today. All right, welcome back in episode 115, What's Right with Nick Wright. By the way, I want to try something. Uh, maybe on Thursday's show, maybe next Thursday's show, or you know what? Yeah, one of the upcoming Thursday shows, I want to try something, which is instead of a traditional rundown for the second segment of the show i want to in the i want to kind of do interactive like i read the comments as they come in and respond to them i know we do we're going to answer your comments at the end right but i've never i thought about it and i was like i could almost treat this like my old radio show where we have a text line 
right. where people can just comment in and we can almost have a free format. Maybe we do that Thursday. Maybe we do it afterwards. I'm not sure, but that's going to be on there. That's going to be on the board coming up for folks that are watching live on YouTube. And don't forget about your comments. And last week, sorry that we weren't able to get to many of your comments because we went so late last week. And then we had our great Jeopardy champion, Lloyd, who's a big fan of DeMonte. He's a big fan of the pod. Shout out Lloyd, who I'm sure is listening really to this. He loves my dinosaur take. Yeah, he did. He's a fun guy. Yeah. He's a fun guy. I like him. Cool. Uh, and he also used his, he used like his little bit of mini Jeopardy slash What's Right podcast notoriety to promote some good causes. Yes. I thought it was cool. Uh, so we'll get to your guys' comments in the YouTube section in the next segment, but there's more Week 18 to discuss, so Demonte, go right ahead. All right, the Dolphins clinched the seventh seed in disgusting fashion without even scoring a touchdown on the Jets. When asked about Tua returning, head coach Mike McDaniel wouldn't comment, but after his third concussion and everything going on, you know, like with DeMar and stuff, mm -hmm. shouldn't it have just been a no period? Uh, it's not like Miami is going to go in there and upset Buffalo, if we're being honest. Uh, would it have been better for the Dolphins just to lose outright to avoid these type of questions and put this season to rest? No, I don't think it would have been good for them just to lose outright. I So here's the thing. I left this in there. I saw the third concussion thing, and everyone is saying it's a third concussion, which is why I left it in there. It should be noted. The Dolphins and Tua still claim he didn't have two. a concussion the first time. Right. It's a second concussion that that the first time in the game against the Bills, I think it was when he fell, that it was a back injury. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but we talked about that before. Now, the Dolphins thing was clearly a concussion, and obviously the most recent one was a concussion. My. My question is this. If Tua clears the protocol. And. The doctors say he's gone through all the concussion protocol steps. If he wants to play, should he be allowed to? And I think it is very important that uh, the that players are not allowed to insert themselves back into a game or fight to play if they are suspected of having a concussion, even before you definitively know it, because if they were concussed, they might not be of their right mind. True. But if it's been weeks later, and now all the, all the, so let me, again, let me be, I want to be very judicious with my words here. Years ago, we didn't know the impacts of CTE, long-term concussions, all of it. And one could argue, that, and people did argue, the league was intentionally hiding it from its players. That was abhorrent. But now the information's out there. Nobody can say, oh, I didn't know. Everybody knows. So the question that I would be asking is, should Tua, if he's cleared, be allowed to make that decision for himself? The doctor comes to him and says, if you suffer another concussion in the next six weeks, your long-term neurological function could be significantly hampered and your chances of significant, terrible outcome are drastically increased. Should he be allowed to get that information and say, I choose to play? I don't think it's as cut and dry as 
I think some media members make it out to be. I think if Tua has said, I, do you know how many sacrifices I made throughout my entire life to get to this point? And this is a potential fork in the road in my career. Yeah. The Dolphins might go after Tom Brady again. They, I, but if I go out there and ball out, it's hundreds of millions of dollars, my, my lifelong dream. So I don't think it's as simple as Mike McDaniel simply saying, we're not allowing him to play. Now, if he doesn't come out of the protocol, then he can't play. But if he does come out of the protocol, should he be allowed to make that choice? He's a grown man. That's kind of what I think. I think that the protect him from yourself. It's it's only when in the immediate moments after the. Correct. When you don't know if there are the. Now, I also do think that the protocol is good where. It shouldn't be the, the he's a grown man element of it shouldn't apply to you're still in concussion protocol. I want to play anyway. No. Yeah. But if you clear it, I should he be able to make that choice? I think he should. Like now, again, I'm, I'm, I've got to walk a very careful tightrope here. Man loves to play football. Well, let me ask you this: What if? This offseason, DeMar Hamlin is clear. Should he be able to make that choice on his own? I say absolutely. If it, they, Should he be able to flatly say, I've talked with the doctors. They've said what happened to me was, I think it's called, you know, uh, 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 like getting struck by lightning. I'm making the choice. Another question. If the doctors clear him, but tell him because this happened, you are, it is more likely to happen to you again, but it is still, the odds are uh, whatever astronomical enough to where the doctors clear him. I think everyone would argue he should be able to make that choice. So I don't think it is as cut and dry as some people make it out to be. And I want to make one other point. Mitch Morse is the center for the Buffalo Bills. Right. A month ago, he got his sixth career concussion. He's already back playing. Now, I have read certain things that say concussions that are suffered from impact to the front of your brain aren't are different the- than the, well, I don't want to say is aren't as bad, but are different than the ones that you get like Tua got from the back of your head. And I'm not a doctor, so maybe these are not an apples to apples comparison. But I think it's a bit of a nuanced conversation. All right, now a much more fun conversation. Go ahead, Demonte. All right, for some strange reason, the Texans had a comeback drive to beat the Colts. You tweeted that the Texans should have kneeled on their two-point attempt. Yeah. Uh, maybe Texans ownership agreed with you because Lovey was fired Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, was winning the game a more fireable offense than losing it would have been? Um. Okay. And this is the second black coach to get fired for winning games in like the last year that I've heard of. Okay, so let's talk about that just for a second. In 2018, there was one black coach hired. Steve Wilkes, he lasted one year and they fired him. The next black head coach hired was Brian Flores. He lasted three years and was fired ostensibly for not participating in tampering and for winning too many games, and he filed a lawsuit. You then had David Culley hired by the Houston Texans, fired after one year. Then had Lovey Smith hired by the Houston Texans, fired after one year. 
Todd Bowles was also hired this year, and we'll, you know, I, he's not going to get fired this season. It is a bad, bad season. And I, you know what? I shouldn't. Mike McDaniel, I think his dad's black, the, the coach of the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I think people don't know. People didn't know he was black, but you can see he's a little seasoned. And so, okay. And so, uh, it's a really terrible look for the league and yeah. for the Texans to hire these guys that no one else was looking at to hire just to fire them after a year is mortifying. Right, and then you're losing all these games, and then you fire them after a win. Okay. So the timing of it is also just like, so I get you don't want to win because you No, 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 they after. didn't fire. I think they were firing him win or lose. He met with ownership the day before the game to try to make the case that he should keep his job. You have no good players. Like, they, 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 the, the Texans are trying to be bad. To try to dig them to get the number one pick. And they, so now, so listen, there is what's going on, in black coaches in the leagues, bad, bad, bad situation. Um, there's no question about it. Now to the number one pick thing. It is categorically insane that they did not kneel that two point conversion. I understand the idea of wanting to play hard in the season on a high note, see what guys can do. All that's fine. They had an opportunity to thread the perfect needle. Play hard for 59 minutes, show you could have won, and then hold on to the most important asset that you can have when it comes to acquiring players, the number one pick. Right now, they have the number two pick and the number 12 pick. If they want the number one pick, they would probably get it, if they traded the Bears, the number two pick and the number 12 pick. Bears, because the Bears don't want a quarterback. Anyway, Bears move down one spot, pick up the 12th pick. You could have just had it. Right. By kneeling the two-point conversion. And again, that is, it, it. and I know people thought I was crazy when I said it. If I told you, your team or any team, had the opportunity to acquire an incredibly valuable resource to team building, and they cho- directly chose not to, you would say, well, that's ridiculous. But that's what they did. For what? So the players can go into the offseason feeling better? No. When you fire your coach, most of the players are gone anyway. So the coach can build something? No, he's fired. So the quarterback? No, you're going to draft a quarterback. Now, would they get in trouble with the league? I don't know. Maybe. But they're not going to strip them of the pick. Yeah. You can't have that in front of you. The op- opportunity, and this isn't even about me being so convinced Bryce Young's better than C.J. Stroud. It's not that. It's that even if you weren't going to use the number one pick, even if you wanted to trade the number one pick, it was right there, and it wasn't going to undermine the integrity of the whole sport. I was just going to say that. What? Go Maybe ahead. These guys like value the integrity of the, of the sport. But I don't think highly. I think that if you threw the game, that would undermine the integrity of it. There are a lot, of, but like from start to finish, you played as hard as you could. You came out great. You gave up the lead. You converted two fourth and longs, including a touchdown fourth and twenty. You can lay down your sword then at the end. We could have won the game. It was all it was possible for us to win, but we have we're trying to become a good franchise again. 
The number one pick's valuable. Instead, the Bears start two and one and win once the rest of the way and get the number one pick. Now, there are so many interests. Well, go ahead and ask your follow-up. Uh, thank, thanks to former Bears coach, Bear, former Bears and now former Texans head coach, Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. Chicago now is the first pick and a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Or do they? Should the Bears trade the number one pick or, or, I'm sorry, or pick Bryce Young and trade Fields? Well, let me give you another option. Oh, here it is. Justin Fields for Lamar, who says no. So the Ravens are in a weird spot. (laughs) Maybe. But I think Lamar wants the guaranteed money, and they've got the most cap space in any team in the league. Right. Via the number one pick, you can get a bunch of assets, multiple first-round picks, players, a lot of stuff. The Ravens clearly don't want to pay Lamar, but they have a particular type of offense. It's not like they could trade Lamar for draft picks and be like, we're signing Derek Carr. Right. Their and offense necessitates quarterback. Right. Almost. Which is why all their backup quarterbacks are just worse and worse versions of Lamar. Right. You just go from Lamar to Tyler Huntley to Anthony Brown. It's just it's super athletic mobile guys, and their throwing ability just gets worse as you go down the depth <laughs> chart. Uh, I mean, that's what it the so the, the Bears thing is fascinating because you yeah. have to either trade Justin Fields or the number one pick. It would be franchise malpractice in a draft where there's multiple quarterbacks that people want to keep the number one pick and draft Will Anderson right. uh, from Alabama, the defensive end. You've got you to gotta flip it. Somebody threw this out there on Twitter. I think it's interesting. They trade the number one pick to Houston for 2-12. and 12. They then trade the number two pick to Seattle for five and 20. So you then see Houston gets their quarterback. Seattle gets their quarterback. You then have the fifth, 12th, and 20th picks of this year's draft. Probably could trade one of those, like the 12th, for future first. The Bears can retool everything. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, on this pod, I want to shout out because. Uh, one of the and, and Lori, our social media manager, told me someone in the comments last week suggested the fields for uh Lamar, Lamar? thing. I didn't see that until I had tweeted about it. Uh I don't see the comments during the show, but whomever that is, I don't want you to think I'm stealing your so- takes. Uh <laughs> but uh somebody else asked in last time last pod what pods I listened to. First and pod, it's they've have it all screwed up and how you have to search for it. The only way you can find it is if you type in first with the number one ST, and then for and, use the ampersand, ampersand sign. How'd you because, figure that out? Well, it's hosted by Danny and Filipponi. Oh, and okay. Danny Vargas and Andrew Filipponi. Okay. Um, they do a great job on it, but Danny does radio on the score in Chicago. Yeah. And so they've got content yeah. all summer. It's unbelievable. All right, we've got a game to play. We are as late as we've ever been. My apologies. Go ahead. All right, man. So, as you can see with the wig, we are playing public defender today. Hair oh, is getting yeah. a little long, so it's a little Hair is getting a little long, so it um, is a little tough. So, some let me grab my Yeah. Some coaches are going to get bad news today, maybe even while we're on the air. Mm-hmm. So, plead their cases. Let's bring in Nick Wright, public defender. So mm-hmm. First off, first case we got here is Brandon Staley. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley left his starters in a game that meant nothing and still managed to lose to Russ and the Broncos. Even after Mike Williams got hurt, Justin Herbert was still in the game. Staley lost one of his last supporters, Nick Wright. I think we're going to show the tweet. Oh, okay. 
Um, I wrote, Staley might have lost me as a supporter after this. What are you doing? You've been riddled with injuries all year. You're locked in the five seed. Should have treated this game like a bye. So foolish. Go ahead. Good thing he has one supporter who will never leave his side because he can't. Nicholas Wright Esquire. Counselor, defend your client, Brandon Staley. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you to consider the full circumstances of the situation. My client, Brandon Staley, have you seen how he treats the preseason in the league? Doesn't play any of his relevant players one snap. Throughout this year, we saw this Chargers team riddled with injuries in a way almost no team in the league, certainly no team to make the playoffs, dealt with. He has key guys who have long injury histories. Furthermore, after the 1 o'clock games with Baltimore losing, my client knew his team was locked into the 5 seed. Could not improve the seed, could not hurt the seed. The only bad outcome would be players getting hurt. The worst possible outcome would be players getting hurt and you lose some positive momentum by actually trying in the game and losing to the terrible Broncos. Yet all of that happened. To which I say, is there any possible explanation other than temporary insanity? Is this, is this uh, the actions of a sane man? Is this the actions of a man who rises to the top of his profession, who clearly understands win probability and some of the advanced, more nuanced parts of the sport if he had his full faculties about him? It is not. So when something is inexplicable, sometimes it is because it cannot be explained because either the supernatural is involved or someone has is having an out-of-body experience. And Brandon Staley, who's some of the sharpest football minds in America, folks that are sharp enough to be able to go 11-3 and picking against the spread in the final week of the season, sharp enough to see the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs and the Tampa Bay Bucks season under and all those things, those people have always said, my client's brilliant, and yet he does this? So I don't know if it was possession of a football demon or simply old-school temporary insanity. But that was not my client out there <laughs> making those ridiculous, disastrous, season-changing decisions. He never would. He never has. I, I rest my case. Jorm. Yeah, I mean, if you guys couldn't tell, I can't defend that bull. Yeah. That was terrible. That's a, it's a bad move. That was terrible. Especially, I mean, just being the Chargers. I mean, I think any other team could have done that type of thing. Like, any but other particularly them. Right. Particularly them's terrible. Next. Next up, we got Bill Belichick. So he says that he's coming back next year, but should he? Patriots have one of the worst offenses in the league this year. They haven't won a playoff game since Tom Brady left. Bill Belichick was so scared after two kick returns for a touchdown that he called for a kick out of bounds. His coaching staff is full of his family and his yes-men. Counselor, defend your client, the coward Bill Belichick. I mean, you think you could win more games with Mac Jones? I'd like to see you try. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, oh, oh you're going to say my special teams is a problem. Were you saying that when the special teams won us the Jets game? When 
we had three points because Mac Jones, our quarterback, and a punt return once the game. You're saying, oh, my sons, my sons are on the defensive side of the staff. That defense that in this game with all that emotion from Buffalo held them to 21 offensive points, that defense that has scored a half dozen touchdowns on their own, that defense that won them the uh, the game last week against the Miami Dolphins with a pick six. Guys, the villain here is not me and my six Super Bowl rings. The villain here <laughs> is my quarterback, my client's quarterback. Pardon me. Uh, my quarterback who, what was our lowest point of the season? The double lateral? Well, my quarterback was fault for that twice. Once, because he has such a noodle arm, I couldn't throw, my client couldn't call a Hail Mary. And the other is because for a guy who seems to love cheap shotting and tripping and going after guys' knees, just got mushed faced by Chandler Jones to the core of the earth. So how are you blaming me uh, rather than my quarterback? Do you have a follow-up question, counselor? Uh, no. I, mean, I think you do. Oh, crap. Your I honor, maybe pardon we me? Should, I think next time we should uh, do public defender, defend Mac Jones. But, uh, yeah, so didn't your client draft Mac Jones in round one last year? Uh, that was on the recommendation of Nick Saban. And then Zappi, that, one no, second, no, no. one second. His... If it pleases the court, allow me to answer the first question. Uh, my client was led astray by alleged good friend Nick Saban. Uh, Mac Jones is coach at the University of Alabama. And I would like to present evidence to the court that my client has not spoken with Nick Saban since that incident. In fact, their relationship's ruined because this was obviously he bamboozled him. <laughs> uh, so this is all Mac Jones, not on me, Bill Belichick. I uh, won six Super Bowls. Mac Jones stinks. I rest my oh, case. We got Bailey Zappi on there, though, man. Uh, Put him out yeah. there and you took him out. Yeah. Uh, you know, there might have been a little ownership meddling there, but my client doesn't yeah. want to blame others. Next! Claim insanity. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, only the Saul Goodman of the sports world could possibly defend Jeff Saturday. He lost seven straight after his debut victory and blew the largest lead in NFL history and managed to win a game or lose a game that he was trying to win that he should have been trying to lose. Counselor, defend your client, Jeff Saturday. I mean... Did my client fail or did he succeed in ways you couldn't imagine? What was the what what do you think when Jim Ursay hired my client fresh off America's ninth favorite sports television show? What was the job? To make history. Oh, you think so? You think it was to win football games? Or you think it was to take a three what was it? Three break? <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. The, the, when when my client was hired, his team was three, five, and one. And my client had one job. Make sure we have a top five pick. And you wake up this morning and we have the fourth pick of the draft. And we managed that despite the fact that my client was up against impossible odds of playing Josh McDaniels and the Raiders in the first game. And while they were supposed to lose that game, they couldn't. My client is so good at losing, he managed to lose to a team that was playing for the number one pick. My client, what more, you, do, do you think my client failed 
or was the only person in the world who could have found ways to have a lead against Philadelphia in the final minute and then lose it, to let the Steelers score 24. You think it's a coincidence that my clients' teams were, you know, in all these games through three quarters, and then amazingly in the fourth quarter, they were outscored. Let me go ahead and check. Uh, they were in the fourth quarter this year, going into the final week of the season, outscored 97-9. to My client, who was down a field goal against the Cowboys, and then the Cowboys scored 33 fourth quarter points. My client that was up 33 on the Vikings and then lost that game outright. You, you, My client that found a way to not only improve our draft position in the final week of the year, but cost our divisional rival, the Texans, the number one pick. You think he was trying to win these games? Or you think he did exactly what he was told to do? Uh, sorry that we're playing 5D chess over here and you guys are playing checkers. My client was hired to lose, hired to cost the Texans their number one pick. Check, check. I think you might be coach of the year. I rest my case, Your Honor. Tampering. Tampering with what? What do you mean tampering? The integrity of the sport trying to lose games. Well, you know what? That's not my client's job. My client was hired by Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay can answer Roger Goodell, not my client. He's got a segment on Get Up To Do, and he should be available for that here very shortly. All right, take a quick break. Come back, answer your questions. What's right? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges, therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. All right, welcome back in episode 115. We'll try a little breaking news, and I think good news. Kevin Durant has an MCL sprain. So it's good news because it's not an ACL and it's not a tear. So he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and Woj says there's optimism he's going to miss less time than the six weeks he missed when he got hurt last year. So it's obviously the Nets are rolling. They're 18-2. and two. Durant's playing like an MVP. But that looked like it could be season-ending. Yeah. And the fact that it's just, you know, say he misses a month, they should be able to survive that. By the way, it, the Thursday night, uh, if you're available, Nets Celtics. Yeah, I saw that they were playing again. Yeah, yeah I, I had I had those all four of those tickets spoken for, but then I kind of barked at Demonze irrationally last night, so now I'm giving him a ticket. 
<laughs> I didn't know how mad you were going to be at me this morning, but you've handled this show quite well. Maybe you're just being a professional, but then I was going to make it up to you with a ticket so you could see your beloved Celtics. So I figure we're good. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. a win, man. Uh, my apologies for yesterday evening. I was tired and arguing and whatever. All right, let's go okay. on to uh, reading the listener comments. Go ahead. All right, Dan asks, who is winning the Natty tonight? Georgia by more than 13, hopefully. I'm betting on that game, actually. What are you betting on? I'm kidding. I'm betting oh, okay, yeah. Uh, oh. Listen, I, TCU's had an unbelievable season. Georgia probably has 25 NFL players on the roster. TCU might have five. I, I understand underestimating TCU TCU has been a money-costing thing, but I think if someone was going to get Georgia, it should have been Ohio State last week. They didn't get them. I think Georgia rolls. I'm also, listen, I bet this the moment the line came out at minus 13, thinking it would be minus 14 and a half by kickoff, and I could middle it, take TCU plus 14 and a half, and try to land exactly on 14 and win both. It has stayed at 13 consistently. That surprised me. But I like Georgia a lot. Okay, I'm going to have to watch this game. Yeah. I, I want to see how 20 NFL future players play against five future yeah. NFL players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll the you it, the talent discrepancy in this game, and TUCU's had an amazing season, and their quarterback is an amazing story. Every single player that Georgia will feature, except for their quarterback, literally, I shouldn't say every, 90%. Of these guys will play in the league, of their key contributors, except for their quarterback, who's five foot eleven and has no business playing as well as he's played the last two years, and he's about to be a back-to-back national champion. It's unbelievable. So TCU oh. clearly has the better quarterback. Georgia has literally the better everything else, and I think they're going to roll them next. Interesting. All right, Marcus Trevino said, "You have often floated the idea of allowing playoff teams to draft their opponents." How do you think the bracket would look like if that were to happen? Uh, so I think in the AFC, the Bills would be picking the Dolphins. There's no question about it. I think the Bengals, hmm, the Bengals might pick the Chargers over the Ravens. Until, like, I think that it would be tricky. I, I think you'd rather play the Chargers right now than the Ravens. If Lamar is coming back, if Lamar is not coming back, obviously you'd rather play. Right. Uh, the way I said that wrong, but if if with that if Lamar is not coming, you'd want to play the Ravens. Right. But if he is, so maybe I didn't say it wrong. In the NFC, the Niners would 100% draft Seattle. Minnesota would be drafting the Giants. So in this scenario, it wouldn't change much at all. Actually, there are right. certain years like, but. Let's say the Packers had won last night. Okay. The Niners might then pick the Giants, you know, as opposed to a, a red hot Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. But because of how it fell, I think it's fine. All right, next. All right, Darrell Singleton asks, how many coaching cha- coaching changes do you expect to see this offseason? Uh, I mean, at least half a dozen. I don't want to go through all of them right now, though. We, we'll hear more about that, but I don't. I'd have to go through the whole thing. And the Cowboys might fire McCarthy if they lose to the Bucs. Next. Uh, Sam I am said, "Yo, Demonze, when we get that stream back up, you owe me a game." When is he? When are you doing it? Um, I'll actually do it. I'll do it tonight. I've been I've been really improving at Madden. Demonze had an unbelievable thing I've never seen happen. Demonze was playing a guy, and then the game paused, and the game sent him a message. Oh yeah, <laughs> saying 
saying you're better than we thought or something. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we've uh, uh, we've misaligned your opponent. Yeah, exactly. No, that that felt great. I've never seen that happen. Yeah, cuz I mean, I was beating one dude like 33 to 6 and then the next game after they sent me the message, I beat a guy 49 to 9. So, hey guys, Devontae's getting some, better at Madden. Steady improvement. I mean, still I'll can't beat me, but he's getting better at Madden. We, uh, you beat me the one time. That's fair. We'll do random teams sometime. Demonte also has gotten smart. He's rolling with the Chiefs. Yeah. He's rolling with the he's a big difference playing that game when you have a quarterback who can throw <laughs> versus one who can't. All right. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Fun TV show planned for you today. And the Trumpeteers are back. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. What's right? <laughs>